For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the Dirt Show. Lots of things have happened uh, since uh, uh, last Wednesday. Some of you may have seen me on the Mark Levin show last night on on Fox News. Uh, he's a kind of remarkable interviewer. Um, Benjamin Netanyahu was on the first half of the show and I was on the second half of the show. We were both obviously uh, talking about about Israel. I was talking mostly about uh, what's going on in universities. Um, it's amazing what effect going on the Mark Levin show has. Um, you know, I have a book coming out. It's not out yet, um, but it's ready for advanced order. It's called War Against the Jews, How to End Hamas's Barbarism. I wrote it in 30 days uh, following the terrible events of October 7th. And so my publisher has been tracking the book uh, for advanced sales. And, you know, since it's not available yet, it was about 11,000th among the bestseller books. After, <laughs> after I was on his show for 15 minutes, it became uh, the 222nd bestseller, which, which is amazing. I mean, of all the books published in the world, uh, a book that isn't even published yet, uh, War Against the Jews, uh, managed to be in the top 220. And, and so just this is just a crass commercial. So if you um, buy the book now and, and, and order it in advance, uh, it'll stay up there. And I think it will, it will send a message to the, the anti-Israel, anti-Semitic, anti-American you know, people uh, uh, in the world. Uh, the other thing that happened last week that really surprised me is uh, Elon Musk um, circulating a, a post that um, uh, suggested uh, some pretty pretty negative uh, notions about Jews. I spoke to him, uh, and and he seemed extremely supportive uh, of Jews. I was on a a, a show with him, a, you know, some some kind of a Zoom thing with him, and we spoke. And he, uh, I questioned him. He questioned me. Um, he talked so positively about Israel, about Jews. So I have no idea what what got into him, and I'm not going to make any judgments until I see a broader context. I don't like what I saw, but I want to see a broader context, and I want to get a better sense of what his um, attitudes uh, are. Um, we know the attitudes of some other people. Kanye West, who wrote another vicious anti-Semitic songs, F the, the Jews, basically, and, and that... Um, miserable actress, uh, Sarandon. I can't remember her, her, her first name because she's, she's such a, a mediocre actress, actor. But um, um, she is now one of the leaders along with, uh, with, with Waters um, in the anti-Israel campaign. Waters has actually gone so far as to say that the beheaded Jews and the burned babies and the raped women were all uh, made up, uh, that it was a false flag operation that the Israelis really did this to themselves uh, in order to uh, uh, get sympathy. Uh, I mean, the guy is just, I mean, he's, he's a Nazi. 
and 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 Sarandon uh, is not too far uh, from from that. I mean, in her case, I attribute it to utter terminal stupidity. But um, when you add stupidity to uh, bigotry, uh, it's it's a pretty rough it's a pretty rough com- combination. But you know, she's not the first actor uh, uh, that has. Uh, stupidly um, uh, supported Hamas. Um, Vanessa Redgrave um, was another, but at least she's a good actor. Uh, Sarandon, I've always thought, was a very mediocre actor. In any event, let's turn to today's uh, subject. If I were a conspiracy theorist, I'm not, I'm not. So what I'm saying, don't believe a word of it. I'm just giving you uh, an absurd hypothetical. But if I were a conspiracy theorist, I would say, one of the reasons Hamas may have invaded Israel was to get Trump elected president. Now, why does that crazy relationship exist? Well, here's the theory, and and and, and it's not true, um, but I use it to make another point. The war um, in Gaza started by Hamas by murdering all these innocent people. The war in Gaza has revealed something that I knew about, and if you listen to my show, you knew about, but most Americans didn't know about, and that is there is a deeply anti-Semitic element within the progressive, woke, hard-left Democratic Party, um, not the center of the Democratic Party, not the mainstream part of the Democratic Party, but the squad, uh, the wokes, uh, the crazy, crazy hard leftists, um, and uh, nobody much noticed, you know, you'd get an occasional statement by Elon Omer or by Tlaib or by AOC or, or by the worst of them all, Cori Bush um, uh, and some of the others, my former Congresswoman Presley. Uh, you get some of those things, but it, it didn't really become a focus of a lot of attention. But now with the war in Gaza and the demands that Israel surrender and stop in its efforts to destroy Hamas to avoid repetition of this kind of massacre, uh, we really see the true uh, elements of, of, of the hard left coming out. Uh, the hard left is essentially anti-Semitic. And so there's an anti-Semitic element of the Democratic Party. They're, they're anti-Semites on the hard right, too. Um, and um, some of them have been called out recently by others uh, in the right. They've been called out, by the way, more than the center-left has called out the extremists on the Democratic uh, side. But there is an anti-Semitic component to the progressive, woke, hard left in the, in the, in the Democratic Party. They're not only anti-Israel, they're anti-American, they're anti-Judeo-Christian tradition, and, uh, you know, they're, they're core bigots, and they're Democrats, and, um, you know, they're welcome in the Democratic Party. Uh, uh, heads of the party pose with them and refuse to condemn them because they don't want to lose the young vote. Now, polls uh, recently showed that voters between 18 and 24 strongly support, I mean, essentially Hamas. Um, they are opposed to Israel, um, and um, they uh, really comprise this anti-American, anti-Semitic, woke element of the Democratic Party. There's always been some on the left like that, 
You remember the Weathermen and uh, the others in the 1960s and particularly 1970s who were blowing up university campuses, recruiting centers. Um, uh, they tried to blow up Fort Dix in, in New Jersey. Those were all people from the woke hard left. Most of them are not Democrats. Most of them belong to the Socialist Party, which is really, you know, the Communist Party. It's the old, the old Stalinist Trotskyist um, uh, party, the people who supported the Hitler-Stalin talk pact back in 1939. Um, and and, and uh, there have always been elements uh, like that in the Democratic Party. There have been Stalinists uh, um, since the 19, 1930s. Uh, Joseph McCarthy did terrible, terrible things to American civil liberties, and he way, way exaggerated the influence of communists on uh, American policy and in the State Department. But there are always communists on the left, we, we know that. Some of them stole our atomic secrets and gave them to the Soviet Union. There's no doubt about that in, in history, but what's, what's going on now, and that kind of disappeared um, after the Vietnam War was over. There was a period, in probably the 80s and the 90s, where the hard, hard progressive, woke, extremist, socialist, hyphen communist left um, really played very little role. It was always the National Lawyers Guild, but they were not particularly influential. Now they become much more influential. The National Lawyers Guild is a Stalinist organization. Uh, they took their orders from Stalin in the 1930s. They supported the, the Hitler-Stalin pact. They supported Hitler, um, Hitler-Stalin pact. And then they became the voice of Hamas and Hezbollah and terrorism in, in the United States. They devote a very considerable part of their time defending, and I'm not talking about legally defending, I'm talking about politically defending. Remember what happened on the day, the day of, and then the day after the October 7th attacks, the National Lawyers Guild justified it, praised Hamas, said Hamas did a great thing. It was a military victory. They were entitled to use military actions, cutting off a breast of a woman and throwing it around like a football, raping, gang raping women. This is supposed to be a feminist organization. They haven't said a word about, about the rapes. And they talked, they talked about hostages, yes. They talked about Israeli hostages. They want them freed. There are none. Um, but they didn't say a word about the Israeli hostages are being held by Hamas. This is the National Lawyers Guild, which is a, a left-wing fascist organization. Uh, and, and nobody should ever be represented by, knowingly represented by a member of the National Lawyers uh, uh, Guild, um, certainly without asking them whether they defend beheadings and rapes. And by the way, a lot of the people on the hard left are now denying it occurred, are now saying, no, no, no that, that's not what happened. The, the Israelis killed all those people. Um, uh, the, the, there were no rapes, there were no burnings. That, that's just Israeli propaganda. There's a lot of that kind of terrorist denial. It's been, it's been analogized by some to Holocaust denial, but terrorist denial by people on the hard, hard left. But let's get back to the thesis here today. Whatever, whatever, let's, let's eliminate the rights and wrongs. Very hard to do that because there are only rights on the Israeli side and only wrongs on the Hamas side of this particular dispute. You can be critical of a lot of Israeli policies, but not now, not here, not in Gaza. Israel is doing uh, the right thing and, and Hamas continues to do the wrong thing. Even now, Hamas today was sending rockets into 
civilian targets. We don't hear a word about it. Every civilian who dies in, in Gaza, oh, oh my God, the civilian could be the father of the person who praised the son for killing 10 Jews with his bare hands, but it's a civilian, so we shed tears. But attacks on civilians by Hamas, hey, that's an appropriate military action. So, you know, we do have this incredible, incredible double standard. Now, the, the, the issue is dividing the Democratic Party terribly. The polls show that the young voters support Hamas, and they certainly oppose Israel. And they oppose uh, President Biden and Secretary of State Blinken and the administration and uh, the senators who support Israel. And uh, they, 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 they threaten not to vote for Biden. Are they going to vote for Trump? No, I don't think they're going to vote for Trump, but they may stay home. I have a message for the Democratic Party and I have a message for them. Forget about them. Let them stay home. Let them not vote. First of all, they're not going to stay home. They're bluffing. They're going to come out and reluctantly vote for Biden because they hate Trump even more than they hate Israel. I'm not so sure. Some of them hate Israel even more than they hate Trump. But they're not. But but do not give in to them. If the Democratic Party gives in to these crazy, racist, neo-fascist Hitler youth, it's going to destroy the Democratic Party forever. I'm not talking about only this election, forever. Stick to your principles. Defend Israel. Do the right thing. And tell these nuts from the Democratic hard left, we're not interested in you. We're not going to try to pander to you. We're not going to change our attitudes and become neo-Nazi Hitler youth defenders of Hamas for you. No, we're not going to do that. We're going to stick to our principles. Uh, the Republicans will say, well, it's the Democrats. They don't really have principles. And of course, the Democrats will say the Republicans don't have principles. But they, both parties do have core principles. And one of the core principles that unites both parties is that they both support Israeli democracy against Hamas barbarism. Against the title of my book is, you know, the war against the Jews. I could have changed it. The war against the world, the war against America, the world against uh, Western values, uh, how to end uh, Hamas barbarism. And that's what this is about. And the Democratic Party has to be on the right side of this, uh, has to be on the side of destroying Hamas, has to be on the side of allowing Israel to prevent, well, they beats boots on the ground from America, but allowing Israel, don't stop Israel. A ceasefire here will cause lives. A ceasefire is bad for life. Uh, if a ceasefire were to occur, it would simply mean Hamas will do this again and again and again and again. Wash, rinse, repeat. That's been the motto. Uh, Hamas has a formula. It works. Kill Jews. Hide behind civilians. Israel will have to try to take out your commanders. Some, some babies will die in the process. You hold up the babies. It's the CNN strategy, the dead baby strategy. It will happen over again. Don't believe me. Believe the head of Hamas who said it. He said, there's October 7th. We're going to have October you know, 8th, 9th, 10th into, into next year. So if you want to save lives, don't have a ceasefire. If you want to save lives, condemn Hamas for using the Shifra hospital for bringing hostages 
and for bringing RPJs or whatever they are, rocket launchers into the hospital. Don't believe these lying doctors, these Gaza Hamas doctors who look the camera in the eyes. I've been here 16 years. I never saw a Hamas person. There no Hamas people in the hospital. There's an article today uh, by a doctor who was there for only three months working in that hospital. And he said he saw special areas that you couldn't go near. And one of the doctors went there and there were Hamas guards guarding the door saying, you can't go there. If you go there, we'll have to kill you. Um, there's so much evidence that the hospitals were used as a, a, a base for Hamas activities. There's videotapes of hostages being taken there. I mentioned the videotape of the guy with the rocket launcher. Uh, there's the tunnel that was found under a hospital. Why would a tunnel be under a hospital? Obviously, it's to allow terrorists to go in and out of the hospitals. By the way, they didn't have to go through the tunnels. They could walk in the front door as this terrorist in the videotape walks through the front door. So these doctors who are getting on television, I don't care whether they're doctors without borders or doctors for the United Nations. They're a bunch of Hamas liars. And, you know, there are two reasons why they're lying. One is they're scared they're going to get killed if they tell the truth. All right, I have some sympathy for that. I don't believe that's the case, mostly. It's mostly because they sympathize with Hamas. Again, they're civilians technically. I shed no tears when somebody who is a strong Hamas supporter, a facilitator, somebody who helps Hamas hide rockets in hospitals, becomes collateral damage. I have great sympathy for, for babies and young children, babies who are taken out today of the hospitals and taken to Gaza, I'm taken from Gaza to Egypt, where they could be taken care of and given medical care. I have to tell you one thing, never in the history of warfare, never, and I challenge anybody to come up with an example, never in the history of warfare has an attack country like Israel done so much to protect the attackers and the civilians in the attackers. Never, never. Israel's blamed for not providing food. What's the last time Anybody who was attacked said, oh, oh, Nazis, here, you, you attack Poland and you attack England. Here, we're going to send you food and we're going to send you fuel so you can send rockets, more rockets over England and kill more civilians. It never happens. Only Israel is held to that standard. And Israel is satisfying it. Of course, the fuel that they send is stolen by Hamas. So the media has to present both sides of this issue, and the media is doing a horrible job. When Hamas announces, of course, it's done through the medical authorities, 11,000 people have been killed, the media eats it up. 11,000 people have been killed. They repeat it. It's not true. It's probably closer to two or 3,000 when you count only real civilians. Among the 11,000, there are probably 5,000 terrorists uh, who have been killed. There are probably several thousand people who have assisted a terrorist who have been killed. They also say children. Half of them are children. Yeah. There's 17, 18, 14, 15 children with hand grenades and guns. Children who went into Israel and helped kill people. Women. There are women involved. Oh, my God. You kill a woman. It must be terrible. You kill a woman. Women were involved in these killings. There are women, you know, Hamas discriminates against women in every aspect of life except killing Jews. The only thing a woman is allowed to do under Hamas Sharia rules is kill Jews. 
When it comes to killing Jews, all people are created equal. When it comes to driving without an escort, no, you're a woman. We have to wait until a man comes. Um, uh, your husband or your, your, you, you dishonored your husband, he can kill you. That's okay. Uh, we have different standards for women and men, except when it comes to killing Jews. When it comes to killing Jews, when it comes to killing Israelis, women are equal. You're entitled. But when it comes to counting them, oh, they're women. It must be something terrible if a woman is killed. No, it's no no less a combatant if you're a woman than you're a man, if you're holding a gun or if you're hiding uh, a rocket in your home. You're a combatant, whether you are considered a child at 17 or 16 or a woman. But when Israel, so so when Hamas says 11,000 people, oh, yeah, 11,000. They say it's 11,000. must be true. The media says, well, it comes from 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 the Gaza Health Services, but we have no reason to no reason to doubt that. And the U.S. says we have no reason to doubt that. But Israel says it finds tunnels underneath. Well, it says it, but CNN has not been able to independently corroborate. When's the last time you heard CNN is unable independently to corroborate eleven thousand people killed? They don't say that. But when Israel claims something, CNN is unable independently to corroborate that. That's just lousy journalism. That's just biased journalism. The one thing you need to have is a single standard, a single standard of credibility, a single standard of judgment, a single standard of law, a single standard of history, a single standard of facts. We're not getting that. We're not getting that. When's the last time you heard comparisons? They say 11,000 people have been killed. It sounds like a lot compared to 270 to 330,000 people killed when the United States invaded Iraq? We don't hear the comparative statistics. 78,000 people killed when uh, the United States went into Afghanistan. What's going on in Darfur now? People are being massacred and murdered. Has anybody heard a word about that? Have you seen a demonstration on campus about Darfur? When's the last time you actually saw a demonstration on campus about Russia and Ukraine. It's only Israel. And it's not the Palestinians. Nobody cares about the Palestinians. The Palestinians, uh, the Arabs don't care about them. They won't help them. Arabs killed more Palestinians than Jews have done um, over time, much more. And nobody cares. It's not about the Palestinians. It's only about Israel, the nation state of the Jewish people. It's not about a ceasefire. The other day, there was a big demonstration, anti-Israel demonstration in Union Square. And a woman got up there. She was the leading speaker at the demonstration. And finally, she told the truth. There were signs saying ceasefire, ceasefire, ceasefire. And she said, this is not about a ceasefire. This is about the end of Israel. Even if there is a ceasefire, we're going to continue to demonstrate until Israel is destroyed. Today on Martha's Vineyard, or yesterday, there was a demonstration against uh, Israel. And you see all these people wearing signs, ceasefire now, ceasefire now. Amidst them, there's a sign of a swastika. One of the people came to the demonstration with a swastika. Now, the people, the Jews in the demonstration, Jews uh, against Israel, uh, kicked out the, the, the swastika guy. But the idea that on Martha's Vineyard, there'd be a guy with a swastika coming to an anti-Israel demonstration. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Actually, he belongs there. He belongs there. Uh, the swastika is simply an old symbol of the Hamas green headgear. 
So I don't see very much of a difference between Hamas today and the Nazis, except in scope. Obviously, you can't ever compare uh, anything to the Holocaust. But when I talk about neo-Nazis or Nazis who marched in New York in the 1930s, I see no difference between the people who marched in New York in the 1930s and the people who marched for Hamas in the 2020s. Uh, they're both on the side of evil. They're both against democracy. They're both on the side of tyranny and bigotry and anti-Semitism. And um, if the shoe fits, and it fits, it fits. If the boot fits, and it fits very comfortably. Let's look at some letters. Um, professor, a New York County trial attorney, Victoria Ruiz, was caught on video ripping down posters showing kidnapped Israeli children. Ruiz, who works for the New York County Defender Service, will be allowed to keep her job. Do you believe she should have been fired for her actions? Absolutely. At the very least, you have to tell any client who Ruiz is going to represent, you're going to be represented by a lawyer who supports Hamas and supports kidnappings. You're going to be represented by a lawyer who tears down, probably in violation of the law, who tears down uh, pictures of little babies who were kidnapped or a little child who had a ninth birthday yesterday. Yeah, no, uh, Victoria Ruiz uh, should not be a member of the bar. She should not be allowed to represent clients. And at the very least, clients ought to know who is your lawyer. Be careful. If you're represented by a National Lawyers Guild lawyer, ask that lawyer, do you favor beheadings? Do you favor rapes? Or do you not believe that there were beheadings and rapes? Is that the kind of lawyer I really want to have? Somebody who lies about history? I wouldn't want to be represented by anybody but that. Okay. Sometimes attacking a hospital saves lives. That's a quote from me. Dersh, look at what you're saying. Sometimes attacking a Polish ghetto saves lives. What an absurd analogy. Did anybody use the Polish ghetto to shoot at, uh, I mean, at, at, at legitimate targets? Of course not. The, the Polish ghetto uh, were people who were just trying to save their own, their own lives. If a hospital is used as a center for terrorism, if it's used as a place from which to fire rockets, it ceases to be a hospital for purposes of international law. It becomes a place of combatants. And, and, and going after combatants is legitimate, and getting combatants actually saves lives. Professor, you have brought up the issue of proportionality in international law because Israel is effective in countering Hamas rockets and is so accurate with its own weapons the left is calling their response disproportionate. Is this a proper interpretation of international law? Of course not. International law just has one thing to say about proportionality. You select a military target, say it's a hospital, uh, and you ask how important is the hospital as a military target. Both Israel and American intelligence said that under the Sheba hospital was a command center. That's as important a military target as you can possibly get. Then you have to do an assessment. In order to get at the terrorists who are using the hospital, how likely is it that you'll kill civilians and how many civilians are you likely to kill? It's a question of likelihood. And it's all based on evidence that exists before you go in. When you go in, you, you know the evidence, but at the time you're making the decision, you don't. And so 
if the military target is perceived to be valuable as it was in the Sheba hospital, and all efforts are made to try to reduce civilian casualties, and there are, in fact, very few civilian casualties in Sheba hospital, then it's proportional. That's all proportionality requires, is that when you evaluate the number of potential civilian casualties against the military value of the target, that the number of civilian casualties anticipated be proportional to the value of the military target. Now, what if you turn out there's no military target there at all? Now, there is in this case, but what if there weren't? It wouldn't make any difference under international law. International law, like domestic American law, is based on the probable cause at the time that the act occurs, not after it's over. So, for example, if the police want to break into somebody's house and they have evidence that there's uh, you know drug dealing going on, and the evidence is good, and they break into the house and there's no drug dealing going on, it doesn't matter. What matters is what the evidence was at the time you went in. The same thing is true with the Schiffer Hospital and other military targets. Um, no war throughout history of man has been fought without the loss of innocent lives, and probably always because the aggressors struck civilians first. In World War II, the Nazis ruthlessly bombed European cities before attacking with ground troops. They bombed England cities indiscriminately long before England and the United States carpet bombed German cities like Dresden. In all of these cases, civilians' non-combatant lives were lost at a much higher rate than military lives. And, and that's true. And when Hamas, an organization, goes after Israelis, they anticipate, they know that there will be responses. And it's not just, it's not like England, because in England, they didn't hide their military within civilian targets, um, uh, within civilian areas. But that's what Hamas is doing. The United States has come to that conclusion. We all know that. Okay. Okay, here's an interesting one. I mean, this is kind of subtle anti-Semitism, but I have to read it to you. It's by uh, someone, someone to talk to. The problem at universities is one that was totally self-created by Jews. So anti-Semitism, that's, that's a standard anti-Semitic line, is that anti-Semitism is created by Jews, Jewish moneylenders, Jews who poisoned the wells, Jews who drank Christian blood. It's always the fault of the Jews. So this letter. The problem with the universities is one that was totally self-created by Jews and Jewish organizations like the Anti-Defamation League. The Anti-Defamation League and other Jewish organizations. Uh, they were totally on board with Black Lives Matter. They were. I wasn't. I was an opponent of Black Lives Matter the day it came out because I knew it was uh, anti-Semitic. They were totally on board with critical race theory. No, I was not. I was one of the strongest opponents of critical race theory and diversity, inclusion, and equity, as you know my positions on that. So this is just bigotry. Jews favor that. No, Jews, for the most part, didn't favor that. Um, they funded a large portion of such ideas. No, the Qatari government uh, did a lot more funding of such ideas. Uh, and diversity, inclusion, equity programs, in fact, uh, they funded that. These ideologies uh, taught people to hate white people. Well, you know, last time I looked in the mirror, I was pale, uh, to use uh, the Attorney General of New York's terms. So, you know, it's just just this typical thing. If, if there's a problem, Jews cause it. And if one of the problems is anti-Semitism, Jews cause it. Let me end with a little commercial. 
Uh, your book, The Case for Israel, is one of the best books I have read on Israel. Highly recommend it. I've gotten a lot of requests to reprint it. It was first published 25 years ago or something like that, but nothing has changed in it. I predicted almost all of these uh, issues. So um, if uh, you don't want to advance order my book, The War Against the Jews, you can currently get uh, The Case for Israel, which um, is old, but but evergreen and 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 relevant. Uh, see you tomorrow. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.